Rose crosses over the fadeaway. Live from downtown Chicago, you're listening to Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of the DePaul Blue Demons. Broadcasting live from our new state-of-the-art studio in downtown Chicago, it's Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. And welcome to World Sports Roundabout, the only show here on Radio to Ball Sports, where we go around sports. No, that's not it. How does it go? Welcome to Radio to Ball Sports. We're the only show on Radio to Sports where we go all around the world and we tell you what the sports are all about. Thank you guys so much for joining me today, this uh, month, this Tuesday. Tuesday. Today is Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday afternoon right now uh downstairs right across from the loop studio uh there is an involvement fair so if you're tuned in and listening in uh, and you happen to be in the loop studio or you just need something to do head on down you know it's a good way to get involved and stuff like that uh speaking from someone who's uh, significantly older than most of the uh staff here at the station you know it's a great way to build your resume to show employers that you are more than some uh, drone. You know, employers want to know that they will like working with you. So, you know, if you can get involved, uh, that's just a plus and a half there. We got a good show today. We are going to be talking about Columbia. Columbia, uh, not Columbia, uh, like the joke that was uh, when... We were learning Spanish, and uh, I say we, but it's more like, uh, you know, the whole class and stuff like, you know, growing up in Columbia, South Carolina, uh, that was just kind of a joke. It's like, you know, he's talking about, oh, all these countries, you know, you have uh, Argentina, you have uh, Peru, 
Chile, Colombia, Colombia. We speak Spanish in Colombia. Oh. <laughs> talking about that today are you kidding me sorry i was just reading some baseball news uh so i won't talk about it that that's that's for a bench cheddar day which will be on friday mind you uh but let's go well you know the only way to start the show is to begin and the only way to begin is to start so let's start Colombia, it's uh, west of Venezuela and stuff like that. Population of, I believe, if I remember correctly, over 2 million. Uh, I don't want to say it. Colombia. 50 million. See, I don't know. Uh, population might have exploded since the last time I checked. But this is also since 2019. So, 50 million, right next door neighbors to Venezuela, which had a population of 28 million. So uh, Colombia, I don't think it's necessarily bigger than Venezuela, but it is, uh, it is, I guess. In any case, uh, as I typically do, I like to start off with like uh, just some simple facts and stuff like that. Um, as far as the Olympics are concerned, because Olympics is the best way to judge a country, I guess. Uh, Colombia has been sending athletes since 1932, missing only to 1952 summer games uh i don't think there was any sort of revolt i i wanted to just make sure and check and see what the reason was but as far as i'm aware i couldn't find anything here uh they've been joining the winter olympic games since 2010 which was the one in vancouver uh obviously columbia is a tropical country so you would think that, that wouldn't make a hundred percent chance hundred percent chance hundred percent doesn't make sense, all right? But, you know, it, like, like we've been seeing so far in this uh, World Sports Roundabout series, like, tropical countries, while they may not succeed, they have definitely have a right to be there. And, you know, it's just impressive that, uh, you know, they're going out there and they're trying to compete and win, you know, glory for their country. And, like, some of the uh, countries that will participate in the, uh, in the, uh, in the Winter Olympics... At least it kind of makes sense because, like, I'm thinking, like, future planning, like Chile and Argentina, like they're pretty close to the Ar to the uh, to uh, Antarctica. They're like islands out there, so like it makes a little bit more sense when you think about it. Now, granted, I'm talking about countries you're going all the way south. Like, the closer you are to the equator, the less it makes sense. But you know. I think I think those countries are well within their power to do whatever they want. And I hope one day, was in my lifetime, they go out there and they win a gold medal in one of those Olympic events that are dominated by, you know, like countries like Sweden or Finland or Norway or Canada or Russia. You know, that you know. Uh, their first gold medal was won by Is Maria Isabel Urieta. I love names. Uh, in weightlifting, the 75 kilogram category at Sydney 2000, and in Rio, which was 2016, they had their best performance with three gold medals. Uh, notable athletes you might know from Colombia, Juan Pablo Montoya, a famous Formula One driver, probably one of the few that I could 
probably name off the top of my head. Uh, when you ask me, like, uh, what athletes are from Colombia? One, uh, Pablo Montoya is probably one of them. Uh, he he's is he still driving? I think he recently uh, retired, but I'm not a hundred percent certain here. Oh, I guess this is something that I'm gonna be looking at myself now, well, won't I? He is actively right. Yeah, he is actively racing. Yeah, he act actually racing. He's he's done NASCAR. Hmm. He did some NASCAR. I know he's famous for like Formula One racing, but I didn't know he did NASCAR. He's been doing NASCAR. Yeah, he did NASCAR from like 06 to 14 and then came back to uh came back to Formula One. He's ranked 30th all time on Times Online top 50 Formula One racers of all time. So congratulations to him, I guess. Uh other athletes you might know, uh Ronald Falco, he's one of the big uh names on the Columbia national football team. James Rodriguez. He's played a couple of like European competitions. He's also a football guy. Um, so those are just a couple of names you might know. Um, some interesting facts you might not know. Ingan Burrell in 2019 became the first Colombian winner of the Tour de France. And then um, just an interesting sport that you might not have heard of from Colombia, uh, Tejo. Uh, Tejo is a Colombian sport and where a disc thrown up to 20 meters to a target, which... And get this, explodes when hit. Now, there's there's way more to this game than, like, uh, I thought. That's typically, as far as what the examples I was able to find shows me, that's only when you hit bullseye, and there's different point systems there. There's, like, uh, if you glance off the board, if you hit, like, a certain zone, it might explode. Um, and then it's, like, a, uh, it's kind of like darts, in a sense. Um, except, uh, you're throwing, well, obviously metal disc, um, and the target explodes. But imagine how, how if darts was kind of like that, like you have your darts and then, you know, you throw a bullseye, you throw, uh, I think you, what do you do? You have three darts essentially in like a typical game of darts, uh, or a more competitive version of darts and stuff like that. You throw, uh, two bullseyes and then a, uh, triple 60. Or not triple sixty, triple twenty, um, which should be sixty, uh, and that's typically how you do it. Like imagine you doing that, you know, bullseye, bullseye, and you throw the triple twenty, and then it's just a, you know, the the dartboard just explodes. I mean, for one, I guess that'd be kind of dangerous because you know the darts have the little pins and stuff like that. But that would be a much more enjoyable game of darts. Can't argue that. All right, uh, jeez, we we kind of breeze by that like i know we started the show kind of late but i mean we kind of breeze through that little intersection so i guess we'll go into the actual sports portion of the uh, show so columbia in terms of international soccer started up in 1924 um around you know relatively earlier than most there was no fifa at that time uh but they are a part of fifa and they're part of uh conmebol uh, Commonwealth is the South American line. So, uh, CONCACAF uh, is the North American version. 
Comebol is a South American one. That's kind of the same league that Venezuela is at as well. Remember when we uh, talked about Venezuela yesterday and we were saying that they were part of the same group with like Brazil, Argentina, and stuff like that? They're, they're part of that group. They are definitely part of that group. Uh, they've been part of that group since 1936, um, which I remember FIFA, I believe, is around that same time. Is it? No, 1904. So I was wrong. I, I was I was wrong, and I was and I'm embarrassed. Uh, okay, well, whatever. You know, this is, this is a wonderful learning show <laughs> to be part of. Uh, they've qualified for the World Cup in 1962, followed by appearances in 1990, 1994, 1998, and then they skipped uh, 2002 and 2006 and 2010, but returned in 2014 and 2018. And if I remember correctly, they didn't qualify uh, for 2000. And 22. Just checking one last time, just because. Yep, they didn't. They did not. They weren't even a wild card team, so. Wonderful. All right. Uh, the breast. Best presentation was in 2014. That was the first time that the team had made the quarterfinals. James Rodriguez had scored the most goals in the whole tournament. Uh, and then Colombia actually has a record. Um, so far, uh, they, as far as my research went, they're the only team to ever go undefeated and concede no goals throughout the Copa America tournaments. Copa America is like, it's not UEFA, but it's a South American version of UEFA. So, you know, you have the, uh, you know, you have the uh, UEFA, uh, you know, you have the Euros, the UEFA Euros. That's, that's the one I'm thinking of. The uh, Copa America is essentially the uh, UEFA Euros, or I think it's, it's the UEFA Euros or is it just Euros? Because when I think about it, it's like, oh, it's the Euros. But, like, I think it's the UEFA Euros Cup. In any case, think of the Euros and then think of uh, Copa America. And that's that's essentially the word. So think about it like this. Uh, you have to go through group stages. And group stages are long and, gru and gruesome and stuff like that. Then you have to go through the knockout rounds. And you still got to do it. So, like, I don't know how many countries are in Conable. But, like, I would think that there's probably, like, 12 or so countries. Cause I think, like, in America, there's, like, 12 that are actively, like, in the tournaments and stuff like that. So, like, you're talking about going to a tournament of, like, 12 other countries. Or, uh, well, for example, 8. Yeah, 12. I'll say 12. So, you're going through a, a group of, like, 12. And you have six in each. So you're playing them five times, uh, home and away. So you're playing ten games. And then you have to then go through, because it, it's probably top eight afterwards. Then you're talking about going through, uh, you know, four other rounds of that. So that's 
that's almost 10 games worth of uh of soccer. That's a lot. That is a lot. So congratulations to uh to Columbia Soccer for that. Uh but obviously, you know, again, they're not top tier soccer. Like, you know, obviously you have countries like Argentina and Brazil in your division, stuff like that. Um Venezuela has been making ground and stuff like that. Um Uruguay is another team that I, I wouldn't say it's like in the same category as Brazil and Argentina, but they are at least solid number three. So I'm I'm trying to think of other um you know, other leagues and stuff like that, you know. You have uh Oh, you know what? I didn't think about this. But you know, you have uh you have a, uh, you have a, uh, you have a, uh, what am I thinking of? What country am I thinking of? I'm thinking of somebody. Chile, I think I'm thinking of. When did the Chile was that? Was Chile like, uh, was Chile 20? Oh God, I'm, I'm blanking right now on this playoff. Uh, or maybe I'm thinking of Peru. I have no idea. I'm going to move on. Uh, Colombia does have a football league. It is, uh, Categoria Primera A, or sometimes commonly referred to as Liga Bet Play Diamor. Um, that's partially because uh, their league is sponsored by the online betting company Bet Play. It is the obviously the top tier Colombian football league here. Uh, Division Mayor de Football Profesional Colombiano, uh, better known as Diamor, uh, operates the league systems of like promotions and relegations uh in case you're wondering uh columbia soccer does have a second division uh it's categoria categoria primera b a total of 20 teams compete in the league's regular season uh, there's has been 15 different champions um their most successful club is atletico nacional with 17 although their most recent title was in the mid-2000s but 20 teams 20 teams is actually quite a lot i mean i don't well i guess actually that's not that many like i mean i guess the mls technically has a lot more and then like if you think about more professionals like i think the premier league allows 20 in their top division so i guess that's actually not as much as i'm not i'm thinking about it the current format of Colombian soccer was adopted for the 2019 season so this was before COVID, but there's this is a version that they're doing. So in the top flight, all 20 teams uh, play through the Aparera and the Financion tournaments. That's the open and closed tournament from previous seasons. And I guess that's kind of what I was getting confused on yesterday is because they were saying they were winners of tournaments. And I guess that's what I meant. That's what I was trying to figure out is like they do have an open tournament and a closed tournament. It just didn't mention it in the notes that that was the case. But I do have both of those. Um, but they play through that. Uh, it's an identical three-stage format. So the first stage conducted on a single round-robin basis. Each team playing the other team once for a total of 19 matches. And the top eight teams advance to a knockout round, consisting of at least two groups, and then playing six times in the round-robin term format. So essentially, you play, you know... The other uh, 20 teams once. 
or, well, I guess that's not true. You play, if I'm uh, Team A, I got to play the other 19 teams once to 19. And then from there, I play, I go into a knockout round and I'm separated in groups of four. And then I play those teams until I get to six matches. From there, the top two leaders of each group move on to the finals. And then it's a home and away. And if I remember how the home and away works, away goals count more. So you better be on your best scoring behavior if you're the away team. Because if it comes down to a tie, away goals get the benefit. They get the aggregate, uh, I believe, like, Away goals are on a two-goal aggregate or something like that. So, like, for every two goals the home team scores, the away team only has to score one. If I remember how the aggregate system kind of works. And then relegations to category uh, Primera B is determined by averaging the point totals achieved by teams over the previous three seasons. Um, now, I'm not 100. This is kind of new for me because... I know that used to be a thing, but I I don't know or I haven't known of a league that still does it. And apparently that's true. Uh, but I know that some leagues would do it, not on necessarily like points, but like some would do it on a financial basis. I know France, uh, second division, I believe, used to do that. Uh, used to if a league club couldn't financially afford to continue playing in that league, they would demote them and they would kind of do it after a three-year period. So, like, you wouldn't be immediately delegated. It was in your first, like, year, but you might be relegated over some time if you don't show financial success. Um, but this is point accumulation over three years. So I wonder, this is, now, apparently this is new. This is the new format that they've done in 2019. So I wonder how that would have worked. Because you would assume that the relegation format would be like, you know, worst two records would drop off. But that's not the case. Uh, what it appears to be was like, because obviously 2019 happened. 2020, I don't think you can base anything off 2020. Then you have 2021, 2022. So based on what that says, 2022 would be the first year that they'd be like, okay, we've had a three-year period to like look at this. Who are the worst two teams based on three-year period? Or maybe they were like, okay, we'll look at 2017 and 2018. So 2019, based on that, here are the teams that are being relegated. And then the next year, all right, here are the next three teams. Here, here are the teams based on a three-year total that can be relegated. And then keep going through like that. I'm kind of curious on how that works. I'd love to see that in action more, but uh, I'm good. But in any case, that's soft football in uh, Columbia. We're going to take a break, and we'll return with some more. Sports action. I, I, I was trying to find the words. I wanted to say, like, more news, but it's not really news. It's I guess it's kind of like notes. In any case, we'll be back. Stay tuned. Sports Flash, Monday through Thursday at 4 p.m., bringing you everything sports. Only on Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons.
Hey, Alan Coulter here. I realize many of you may recognize me as the voice of late-night television, but today, think of me as the voice of reason, particularly when it comes to using common sense in regards to emergency preparedness. Look, you already know you should have an emergency disaster kit and a plan for your home and, for that matter, your workplace, too. But a plan is only as good as the paper it's written on. That's why practicing your plan can make all the difference in the world in times of an actual emergency. So come on, listen to me, that charming voice of reason, and use common sense in having an emergency disaster kit and plan for your home, your car, and business. Heck, you should even have a plan for your pets. Honest. Learn more at ready.illinois.gov. That's ready.illinois.gov. Remember the dots. Sponsored by the Illinois Emergency Management Agency. Aired in cooperation with the Illinois Broadcasters Association and this station. Here's a fun fact for you. The average chameleon can point their eyes in two different directions. On the other hand, the average human can't. So unless you're a chameleon, there's absolutely no way you can focus on texting and driving at the same time. So don't do it. Unless you're a chameleon. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Hey, so what's a great way to spread awareness that driving high is illegal everywhere? A catchy song, of course. You can run, or you can't drive high. You can run, but you can't. Friendly reminder, don't drive high. If you feel different, you drive different. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. All right, and we are back with World Sports Roundabout. My eyes are absolutely, like, bugging me right now. I, I, I haven't been sleeping all that particularly well, and, you know, it, it's just difficult to, like, uh, sometimes just get up at times. Like, I can't fall asleep, and I can't get up. And now uh, I'm just struggling. I'm trying to break out of this cycle and start a new cycle. It's just, it's just it's hard. It's <laughs> it's just hard. And I'm wondering if it's just diet or it's just something like uh, I don't know, changing up habits at night. I don't know. In any case, we're moving on. Uh, something that you might not know about Colombia is cycling and rollerblading are extremely popular in Colombia. And now I already meant now you might know that cycling is kind of important because I had mentioned cycling, you know, uh, the winner of the 2019 Tour de France. And if you don't know what the Tour de France is, it's the big bicycling race at the middle of the year going on France. And if you didn't know that, well, now you know. And we'll go over that if we ever touch France. Uh, we actually might touch France before uh, the end of the uh, end of the uh, end of the quarter, maybe depending on uh, how some of these countries go. But cycling became very popular with the beginning of the annual Volata uh, Colombia race in 1951, followed by the annual Clásico RCN uh, in 1961. Uh, the triumph of Martín Emilio Cochese, that's a weird nickname, uh, Rodriguez in European cycling competition increased the sport's popularity, which in turn helped advance the Colombian Cycling Federation. And that's great, honestly. Because frankly, I don't consider Colombians, you know, 
in that category of great bicyclists. You know, when you think of great cyclists, like, at least in my head, uh, Britishness one, France, obviously, uh, Italy, uh, the Netherlands, Luxembourg, places that, you know, already have that system in place where people are already bicycling and stuff like that. Colombia, like, I don't really see that. But you know what? They have these tournaments out there. They're getting some good results. And, like, they had, they could show that athletes were succeeding in their system. So all so all in for all intents and purposes that's great. For all intents and purposes that's great. And I think that's the same thing with the like the uh Venezuelan thing and why soccer wasn't popular but baseball was is because uh teams could see the success of their baseball league through their MLB players. You couldn't see that in the national team cuz there's no there's not a famous Venezuelan player. I, I can think of one, I think. I'm trying to think of his name though. Oh goodness. I, I now I'm now I'm gonna sit here and think about it. Okay. I, I I gotta It's Backyard Soccer that I'm thinking of. Backyard Soccer 2004. And I'm trying to think of the pros of that. I'm trying to think of the pro. Oh, but they won't tell me what are they. Oh God, I know, I know what this, this guy's name is. He's the guy with the big hair. Uh oh boy, it was like a. Uh, then it's okay. How about this? How about this? How about this? MLS All Star Game 2002. Because I'm sure this guy was like in the league during that time. Carlos Valderrama. There we go. I found it. His name was Carlos Valderrama. No, he's not a Venezuelan. Oh, okay. Never, <laughs> never mind then. Never mind. I was wrong. I feel I feel silly for bringing it up. I thought he was. I thought he was Venezuelan. He's Colombian, but Colombia has had some uh, good players. I'm I'm going to go back to cycling in just a minute. But like, also like Andres Escobar, obviously infamous for, uh, you know, getting uh. For giving up an own goal during the 1994 World Cup and then, uh, unfortunately, you know, perishing and stuff like that, you know, because of rogue, uh, I guess better, I think is what it came out to shot him several times. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other big time players here. can't think of off the top of my head i named two but i'm i'm missing one um rene higata that's the name that's the name the guy was the scorpion kick uh defensive stuff like that he was a really big name stuff like that all right so now that i've got that let's kind of go back to cycling columbia cycling uh 
was good was i guess in that category of like good but not great you know you had some good cyclists but you wouldn't have anyone that you would promote to like some of the premier european uh soccer leagues and it's kind of like brazil and where like you know you want a good like youth program and you want to have like very good um teams um within your own country and you want to have those teams have the resources available to where they can loan out their young players out to these european leagues and then when they have success in those european leagues then you can continue to build up your program in your own country uh but they did eventually figure out how to advance that in the 2010s thanks to the colombian uh 427 or 427 or 472 that's the team 472 Colombian cycling team, formerly known as Colombia Espacion Cafe de Colombia. Sure. I don't know what the 472 is. I, I, I think, you know, cycling fans, if, if you know, you should probably let somebody know. Me, obviously. But, um, they've developed several cyclists who have gone on to uh, UIC UCI, rather, world teams, which I believe are the teams that typically do compete in those major cycling events outside of the Tour de France. Although they do technically compete in them as teams. Like, I think there is a point system for teams. But, like, I think the team... I don't know. You know, I've never really cared about cycling to really know exactly, like, what how the actual format is i guess when we get to a actual like a uh, country that's like primarily does their business in cycling i guess that's something that we'll look into but um we'll move on we shall move on and again with inline skating uh was the introduction of inline skates in the 90s roller skating became like widely practiced throughout the main cities in the country Mostly popular in like the main or medium-sized cities, uh, Cartagena, Cali, Bogota, Paso, Bargat, Cabramera. I, I probably butchered that somehow. Uh, Barranquilla, Medellin, and Valley Stupar. I probably butchered like four. I think I did had a really good start and then it's a really crummy finish. You know, like the Titans, but <laughs> but. Uh, the national team is a perennial powerhouse in the world roller skating world world roller speed skating championship and has won the overall title nine times in the past 12 years. Now I'm kind of curious on this world speed roller speed skating thing not going to tell me much Columbia and I'm looking at this world speed skating championships but I don't see Columbia it oh you know why because this is the ice skating world speed championships Yeah, here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. This is what I'm looking for. 
Yeah, so Colombia is definitely up there. You know, countries like Italy are out there too, France, Belgium, Germany. And then once in a while, you'll get kind of a surprise like a, like a Chinese Taipei, which is to be Taiwan, South Korea, um, United States will pop up from time to time, New Zealand. You know, it's weird too because I'm looking back. This is... This is something that's been going on since 1937. That's impressive, honestly. I didn't know that there was these uh, inline skating uh, event, which I'm guessing is no different from the land-based speed skating event, or, the, or rather the ice-based speed skating event. Um, but that's impressive. I didn't know they were doing it since 1937. That's actually really cool. Um, so congratulations, Columbia. Um, um, we're obviously really proud of you. Um, I think this, ep this episode actually might be kind of short. I actually thought when I, when I first wrote these notes, uh, I thought there was a lot more, but we're actually just about at the end. Actually, you know what? There is one other thing I could add. So we'll just go on to, uh, the national basketball team still lags behind the big four, such as Argentina, Brazil, Venezuela, and Uruguay, which I didn't know was a big basketball power either. Uh, but they have made strides in the past decade, finishing as high as fifth in the FIBA America tournament. Uh, and in other sports uh, that are also popular include boxing. There are several shooting sports, taekwondo, uh, wrestling, bowling, judo, um, athletics, cycling, obviously, as we mentioned before, weightlifting, motorsports, and golf. Uh, supposedly... I say supposedly because I couldn't find any records of uh, it in there, but they did have a golfer that ranked within the top 10 at one point in time. Again, I just couldn't find um, that particular player, and I couldn't find any sort of status that uh, they had held a top 10 spot, but that is something to note. I just want to make sure I note. Uh, talking about baseball, because... Obviously, me being a baseball fan. Uh, if, you, if you hate me talking about baseball, um, I, I should make this a note. That this will probably be the last time that I'll be talking about it in as grand of depth as uh, other leagues. Because at least for a while, actually probably forever, uh, as long as I'm still at the, the poll here. Because, I mean, thinking about it now, like none of the countries that we'll be talking about next Monday have them. None of the countries that we'll be talking about, maybe outside of Brazil and Argentina, has any sort of like representation in terms of the baseball community and stuff like that. And then you go into Europe, and then you have to get to the Netherlands in order to do that. But we already talked about Aruba, so most of that information is redundant. Great Britain doesn't really have that baseball culture, despite being part of the founding members of that baseball community and stuff like that. Um... France doesn't. Italy doesn't. So, yeah, that's actually kind of it. In terms of baseball, like, yeah, once you get out of the Caribbeans and, like, some parts of South America, you have to go all the way to Asia in order to get, like, baseball notes and stuff like that. That's the last little bastion of like baseball living.
and now generic sports. Um, in any case, the Colombian Baseball, Colombian Professional Baseball League, rather, or the LPB, uh, which in short is Liga Profesional de Baseball Colombiano, is a professional baseball league based in Colombia. It's only five teams. They are expanding to six this coming season, which actually should be going on right now because it is a winter league that plays during the Major League Baseball offseason. The league's champion takes place in the Caribbean Series. Uh, the league is owned by the Renteria Foundation. And if you're wondering the Renteria Foundation, who are the Renterias? Well, we're talking about Edgar uh, Renteria. Edgar Renteria is a Colombian-based player, uh, World Series champion with the Florida Marlins. He did go to another one with the Cardinals, but he lost that one. He was swept. Um, he he actually is the only player in baseball history to have the game-winning hit in one World Series and be the final out in another World Series. So, you know, something to know. Something to know. Uh, but it is... But imagine how your charity... It's his charity, the uh, Renteria Foundation is his charity and imagine imagine oh your charity being so successful that you can you know run your own league that's impressive honestly i i think that's solid right, right across the board and some of that uh you also have like former players such as uh orlando cabrera he is a former world champion with the red sox as well they have owned teams in the past as well uh, the league has five teams, as I mentioned earlier. The season is played from October to January. Oh, you know what? Actually, that might not be true. That might not be true. They it, Well, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Uh, but the top four teams after the end of the regular season, which is a round-robin tournament um, that you play 50 games per season, uh, so 12 games for each team, Huh? That that math doesn't make sense. There are five teams, and you play them twelve times. That's forty-eight. So you play two extra games. But where's? Oh, well, you know what? No, no, that doesn't make any sort of sense. Because even if you add the the six team, that uh... oh, 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 wait, 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 wait. No, I still don't get the math here. I'm, I'm trying to get the math. Because, okay, yeah, there's five teams. You play them each until 50 games. The most you could do is play 12. Because then you get 48. So if I'm team A, I play each team four times. I play them 12. I guess they play 50 games. And they make sure they play them at least 12 times. Uh, but then they advance to another round robin, and then they play 12 games after that. So they play each other four times. I guess it's a home and away, home and away, home and away. And then from there, the best two teams will play a best of seven final series. Now, what's interesting about the Colombian Professional Baseball League is they've been provisionally accepted into the Caribbean Professional Baseball Confederation, but they are not allowed. They were not allowed to compete. 
in the Caribbean series until their play and quality of baseball facilities had improved. In 2020, Cuba couldn't make the tournament due to visa concerns. So Colombia was invited as a replacement. And in the 2022 Caribbean series, uh, I had to make sure I was reading that as an R. Uh, Caramans became the first LPB team to win the championship, going 5-2 and two through the series, defeating the Dominican Republic's Gigantes de Chiabo. Yet despite that, they still are denied full membership into the Caribbean Baseball Confederation, yet can participate in the Caribbean series. And that's weird. Because Cuba, uh, because the only because the only reason why Colombia is playing was because Cuba couldn't play, and then because they've won, they've essentially proven that their at least level of play has caught up with the rest of the Caribbean. But they are no longer; they, they still can't join the federation, which means they are unable to compete in other. Caribbean-based leagues and stuff like that. That doesn't make so much of sense to me. You know, if, if you won a tournament, you've proven that your level of play, at the very least, is up to par. You know, you went 5-2. and two. You beat the best in the countries like Venezuela. You beat Puerto Rico. You beat Dominican Republic. You know, you've beaten teams that are essentially like homegrown hotbeds of MLB talent. You beat those teams, and yet you're still unable to get the recognition from the Caribbean Baseball League? Like, that, that's weird. That is weird to me. That's weird. All right, uh, we're going to take one more break, and then we will talk about uh, the Caribbean series, and then we'll try to talk briefly about what's going to be to come next. So uh, stay tuned. Papa, why can't we telegraph while riding a horse? Son... There ain't no one to blame but Jeffro. He was riding old Betsy the Stallion, tip-tapping away at his telegraph, when blam! Ran right into the side of the saloon. Well, if Jeffro can't do it, neither should you. Don't text and drive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Turning my pain into purpose is pretty much what I have done to start this foundation. In August 2020, after the death of George Floyd, Bridget Floyd and other family members established the George Floyd Memorial Foundation in support of the black community. It's going to take more than just us as a foundation. It's going to take the community, the world, to make a change. Fight for racial justice for the black community. Learn how at lovehasnolabels.com. Brought to you by Love Has No Labels and the Ad Council. I'm Chris Jackamick. I served in the United States Air Force and I've deployed three times. Being a veteran, it's interwoven into your DNA is really the absence of the connection and the purpose that can really drive a lot of veterans to some uh, negative thoughts. For those who are in a suicidal crisis, the window of time to save somebody's life is very short. Our duty is to protect ourselves and protect our families. And one way you can do that is store your weapons safely. Store all your guns securely. Help stop suicide. Brought to you by End Family Fire and the Ad Council. All right, and we're back with more world sports eh, roundabout. So I, I might have briefly touched on this before in previous episodes and stuff like that. 
Um, but I think it's time to finally talk about the Caribbean Series, which is the big baseball tournament um, during the winter. Uh, specifically, uh, actually, it looks like it's February. So we'll definitely be talking about that during the during the during Ben Shatter on Fridays when it comes down to time. But in any case, the Caribbean Series or the Caribbean World Series, depending on you know how you want to say it, is the highest tournament for professional teams in Latin America. It is annually rotated amongst countries and normally played in February after all of their leagues have entered their national tournaments. So they're more than likely will be playing this tournament uh, before the World Baseball Classic, which will be happening in March of this year. Uh, this is the brainchild of like Venezuelan guys. Um, two Venezuelan guys, they're business partners since 1936. They devised ideas after seeing success of the now extinct series Interamericana, uh, which was the series before that. And I've never actually heard of the series uh, before that. But it looks like it was uh, a baseball competition that annually brought together the winning teams of professional winter leagues from countries of Venezuela, the United States, Mexico, Panama, and Nicaragua. Um, and, you know, the United States obviously won, like, the first four, and then various countries won it afterwards. So, like, it ran from 46 to 50, and then it kind of came back for the 61, 62, 63, and 64 year. But... Um, they did not uh they didn't bring it back so because of that um they decided to make the uh caribbean series uh it was a four country round robin tournament initially round robin tournament of 12 games rather and the series ran from 49 to 60 and then fidel castro canceled all professional baseball in 61 obviously as we remember from the cuba series so it wasn't until 1970 that the caribbean series was revived and then in 81 it was an l due to the fact that there was a venezuelan player strike which is something that i kind of wanted to touch on yesterday but i i wasn't in the right headset uh yesterday and again i do apologize for yesterday's show being as uh, as big of a train wreck as it was. Uh, and then I mentioned earlier uh, in previous shows, Cuba returned in 2014. Panama returned to host 2019 issue of the Caribbean series. Then Colombia was added because Cuba couldn't participate in visa issues. So right now, here's, here's the teams that participate. It's Puerto Rico. It's Venezuela. It's Panama. It's the Dominican Republic, it's Mexico, and it's the Columbia League. Uh, so far, the most successful team is uh, it's the Dominican Republic. They have six. Their top two teams has sixteen. The next closest is Puerto Rico with ten, and I'm talking about their like best teams, obviously. And then uh, Venezuela has four. Or no, I have six amongst them. And then there are several ones in them that have one. 
Oh, here's the here's the more officialist. Thank goodness. Uh, yeah, the Dominican Republic has 21. Puerto Rico has 16. Mexico has nine. Cuba has eight. Uh, Venezuela has seven. Panama has two, and then Colombia only has one. Uh, there has been very few undefeated teams. The most recent addition um, was in 2021, where uh, Aguera's Chibanas uh, went 7-0 in 2001. But yeah, uh, 12 team round robin. I'm trying to see if I can find the format of it, but it doesn't look like it. It looks like, yeah, it's a uh, round robin, 12 games uh, tournament. Huh. Oh, thank you. Thank goodness. MLB.com coming in clutch. Got to figure out. Uh, Huh. Huh. <laughs> oh, okay. 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 Now, now I'll get it. So I'll clear it up now. So the Caribbean series is a 16 tournament featuring the champions of four professional leagues here. And one representative from Panama, Colombia. And then they play the 12 games as mentioned before. And then they, the best four teams out of the six, Advance to the semifinals, top seed playing the four, two playing the three, winners doing a winner take all. And it's not a series uh, like before. It's literally like uh, you know, the number one team will face off against the number four team in a one game playoff. And then the number two and three play face each other in a one game playoff, which actually one could argue that that's actually kind of better. In a sense, in where you're only playing a handful of games, and where visas might not run as long enough to do like a full seven-game set, you know that might be better. It's no different from the World Baseball Classic. You know, you play your group stages, and then it's single eliminate. No, it's first round group stage, second round group stage, and then top two teams, uh, top four teams make it to a single game elimination series after that. So I guess there's no different there. And that that's essentially the Caribbean series. Uh, and so let's talk about next week. Because next week is going to be kind of interesting. Uh, next. Yeah, blah, 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 next week. Uh, I believe that what we're going to be doing is we're going to be talking about Guiana. Sermain and French Guiana. And then following that, uh, we'll probably talk about Ecuador and Peru. Right? It it, it will it will depend for sure. I think I, yeah, I think Monday's show will be those three countries, Guiana, Sermain, and French Guiana. And then Tuesday will probably be Ecuador. And depending on how much information we get out of Ecuador, maybe Peru. We'll see. If not, Peru will be the following Monday. Uh, Paraguay and then Uruguay might be a combined day. But uh, like the final, like Brazil, Chile, and Argentina will definitely be their own episodes. That will probably round out the month. 
And then from there, it's kind of a coin flip from there. Um, we could go into Europe. That could be an issue. Um, that could be something we do. We could go into Africa. Um, although I'm sure that sport culture in Africa is kind of a little bit more difficult to talk about. But uh, we'll, 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 we'll think about it. We'll definitely think about it. Um, but at least with this quarter, that's kind of how the format's going to be. Uh, they're going to be two hour-long shows, and then there's going to be a 30-minute bench shatter, at least for me. And then next quarter, it's probably going to be flipped in where, like, bench shatter is going to be two days a week, and then, uh, and then uh, you have uh, World's Worth Roundabout kind of being, like, a once-a-day thing. I'm not entirely certain. Uh, but in any case, uh, that that's really it. Like, I don't really have anything else to really say um, for this show. So I thank you guys for tuning in for today's show. Hopefully it was a lot better than yesterday's show. Again, I do greatly apologize for uh, yesterday's show. And um, I will see you guys. Oh, there you go. I was about to say, like, I think the battery in this... Uh, mouse died but uh i will see you guys next week for more world sports roundabout and if you're more interested in baseball i will be back friday for some bench chatter thank you guys have a good rest of your tuesday